Uh, good evening. We're back. Uh, we lost a week uh, for the historic House elections on the healthcare reform package, but <laughs> but didn't lose a beat of our interview. So it's the 28th of March in 2010, mm-hmm. and uh, we were going to talk uh, about uh, your experience at UCAA. And I think last time we sort of touched on what it was like when it first started. It was only one building uh, and 100 students, um, and um, and it was intimate, again, with the emperor visiting frequently. That's right. Um, that's about it. I mean, uh, 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 that's exactly what I said last week or last time. Yeah. That uh, college life there was very, I mean, we were very few, 100 altogether, first and second year together. A very close, even intimate. Um, as you said, uh, one building <laughs> until the following year when they built uh, uh, two more dormitories, two dormitories and one dining room. So we had three buildings by the time I was in the second year. Huh. Um, so since it was so close and so small, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, uh, friends. I mean, the friends we make there are, are lifetime friends. And uh, I might have mentioned some of the f- people last time, but I can mention more now. Uh, people like the Kalin, the Shoma, Nubuse, Balacho, Taye, Murad, Abraham, uh, you know, Akililu, both Akililu, Akililu Hapten, Akililu Lama, uh, Andy. Uh, these are all people I made, and, and a lot more were mm. people that I went to school with, both at UCA as well as TMS. Mm. Um, and uh, all so the students came from only three schools. Uh, I think I mentioned that last time, uh, Tafari Makonnen being the last uh, of the secondary schools to start. Haris uh, Lassie uh, secondary school, Wingate, and, and the secondary section of Tafari Makonnen. So we all, everybody knew each other. Yeah. And uh, in many ways, this was the, the cream of the, <laughs> the cream of the cream. Mm. Uh, we had a special position which was uh, amplified by the very attractive college uniform we wore. <laughs> okay. we, had, uh, we had a blazer, uh, wool, uh, navy blue, uh, a, as a jacket, and then a gray gray pants, also wool. And it's in those days, to wear wool is, you know, is out of this world. Uh. Khaki and cotton is. Uh, you know, it's hard enough to get khakis and, and, and cotton mm. uh, or white shirt. Yeah. So they could be spotted from a long distance, wow. from a long distance. And uh, we had a special, uh, ins- how do you call it? Uh, insignia. Yeah, insignia yeah. on our chest, you know, which said UCA and had a little uh, nice, bright uh, the diagram there. With of, of science and books and the torch uh, that attracted from uh, would attract people from very long distance. Wow! So it, it could be so people uh, you know envied us. They were uh, um, it was clear that we were uh, exclusive students, uh, people of great pride, and, uh, and that we, that we felt like the future was ours. Wow. Our heads were high and our chest was, you know. So, so, so that was uh, the kind of student body there was in, in those days. Um, the 
life there was quite structured. I might have mentioned it last time. Mm. Uh, we had a set program, very few uh, options. Uh, the curriculum was broad. I think the aim there was uh, to produce generalists, broad-based generalists in the arts and sciences and not specialists, obviously. It's a liberal arts college kind of thing. But but even by American standards, it was, it was more broad than here. Um, How did they make the curriculum? I mean, this is the thing that's confusing. I mean, the thing didn't exist, and all of a sudden, everything is going. I mean, where was there some long planning period that, you know, that was happening, or? Well, the judges probably used their own experience plus what their assessment of what Ethiopia needed, and uh, they just went ahead with it. There was nobody to <laughs> uh, challenge them. I mean. Yeah. Uh, no, I think no, I, no school board. I mean, they just no school. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a board of. Uh, uh, a word of the governors, but I mean, uh, they were mostly civil servants and bureaucrats, so they just let uh, Dr. Matt, the president, to, and his group yeah. to go ahead and draw up the curriculum. Um, when I joined the university college in 1951, I started actually in science. Uh, and, uh, and I was in science B, which is the biological sciences. Hmm. I had a kind of a vague, yeah, a vague yeah. interest in uh, becoming a pharmacist. Okay. <laughs> uh, I never knew any of this. Yeah, and it wasn't really a clear professional choice, but somehow I had read some books or something on yeah. pharmacies and pharmacology and that yeah. kind of thing. And, being an 18-year-old, no, yeah, 18-year-old, I was, I was excited, so 17-year-old. So I went to farm, to that uh, uh, unit, the science, plus I had done well at university college, so, uh, you know, I could take any, any field I wanted, to, there was no problem. It is only during my second year that uh, I moved to education. Huh, okay. uh, what happened was at the end of my freshman year, uh, going into the second year in 1952 53, I fell ill. Uh, I don't know what exactly how, the, the cause of my sickness, but uh, in one event uh, that we had gone out to witness as university college, you know, university college being uh, students being <laughs> of high prestige, you are invited to all kinds of things, you know, like military drills or military okay. maneuvers. So it was, in fact, at a, at a military maneuver out in some forest, uh, not far, about 40, 50 miles from, uh, kilometers from Addis Ababa. Mm. You know, the group of us had gone there at the invitation of the army to see the maneuvers, and I, I uh, fainted there. And uh, I still don't know what happened. Malaria, maybe? Hello? I had to, yes? Oh, you dropped out for a quick second. You went out, I mean, could it be malaria? I mean, if you were outside and... Well, no, it was just a temporary. I mean, you know, I, I was out for about two weeks. Mm. But uh, by then, the Jesuits decided that, that uh, I should repeat the year. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, and in any event, uh, I was... Uh, not in uh, a mood to continue in, in science. I had lost interest in the field. Mm. Uh, so they put me, they found a job for me uh, mm. in a school just across from the university college in a, at the theological school. It's across the street from, from the university college. Wow. 
there I, I was hired to teach um, arithmetic, mathematics, and science. And the, teach, the students there were uh, priests and deacons and deptaras, and they were all much older than me. The director was a, a guy from India, a Coptic, uh, Coptic Christian from India, a fantastic speaker, mm. a highly uh, able uh, person. He, he became, the, I was probably the youngest teacher there in the school because uh, mm. everybody else was. So he got fond of me and uh, he gave me more and more responsibility. And before I knew it, I was uh, virtually the uh, assistant director of the school. <laughs> and I, I was only 19. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I was also, he called me Dean of Discipline. So <laughs> what I did was I tried to import to uh, the theological school what we had at the university college across the street. Yeah. So I immediately instituted compulsory evening study for all those guys. <laughs> um, and uh, I would wait outside the dining room with a little bell and as soon as the oh, dining okay. room, uh, you know, after the dining room was cleaned uh, after dinner, I would ring the bell and they would line up and go into the school just the way we did it at university college. Wow. Uh, and I also instituted um, periodic tests for those uh, people, for those uh, older people. Um, I lived on that campus. I ate there, um, and uh, I was—I uh, mean, everybody was uh, looking up on me. Uh, although I was young, you know, I was from the university college, and yeah. so it was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when the paymaster came to pay his salaries, you know, uh, my salary was among the highest. Although, oh, my God. <laughs> because everybody else who tells that the theological school were old priests from the various churches and monasteries, so they were paid very little. And as a university student, the second, first year, completed first year, yeah. I forget the amount. Maybe it was 180 or it was less than 200 per month, but mm -hmm. that was very, very high in those days. I think it was something like 150 or between 150 and 200 uh, well, But it's not, it's not a change. I mean, you know, Ethiopia, I mean, you know, forever it was based on age. I mean, you know, respect, you know, came from age and position. And now a 19 year old is, you know, telling these people where to line up and, you know, taking home the salary. I mean, was that? That's a very good question. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is a problem throughout Ethiopia. I mean, the young people who are going to the modern schools, to the public schools, um, became completely detwined. Um, um, I mean, they were completely separated from their from their uh, parents. They, yeah. yeah, the parents were not in a position to tell them do this, do that, and the other because they felt that these kids knew better. Mm. Unless, unless it was something more traditional uh, roles of, uh, you know, uh, and so forth and so on. But on, on generally, uh, this was one of the uh, problems of uh, education in Ethiopia, one of the outcomes of modern education, the uh, rift it, it, it brought between the old system and the yeah. old generation and, and the young. Yeah. But maybe we'll, we'll get back to this when... Uh, uh, Later on, yeah, yeah, but but here it is. I mean, it's in microcosm on year one of you know, exactly fresh out with your blazer. You're in the middle of the priests. I mean, you know that yeah. you turn it upside down. Yeah, and mm. lots of them. I mean, virtually all of them are older than I was. Uh, in fact, not not too long ago, I met uh, an old man. 
Uh, he's now old, of course, we're all old. And uh, he <laughs> introduced me to his friend as his teacher. And yeah. I was rather embarrassed because he was at that school at the time, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, when I, uh, apparently the Jesuits were watching me from their from the UCA campus across the street when I was doing all this, you know, when I was ringing the bell, lining up the priests and trying to bring some sort of a discipline and order into the into the school. So they were quite impressed with me and, and they allowed me to re-enter the university because once you leave the university college, the, I don't know if anyone else was allowed to re-enter. Yeah. yeah. So I was uh, I re-entered the, the university college, but I lost a year. Nice. So instead of graduating in 1955, as I should have, because I entered in 1951, I graduated in 1956. So you lost, wait, four, oh, 55, 56, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I should have graduated in 55, yeah. Yeah. but I graduated in 56 with uh, uh, Kifle and Tashoma and Takalin, who had entered the college one year after me. But okay. when we graduated, we all, I graduated with them. Okay. Um, but I joined, as I said, uh, education at that time. And I was kind of, uh, I was not <laughs> in a, a position to, first of all, I, I thought it was okay. But even if I didn't like the subject, the, I was not in a position to argue because, uh, you know, it was a great, uh, privilege for uh, that they gave me to re-enter the university college. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, well, who would argue with them anyway? I mean, did anybody actually... Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. You just take what you're given. Uh, yeah. Hmm. And I, I just want to say a little about the curriculum or the, the subjects we learned there. Huh? Yeah, great. Yeah, we had the, the you know, the... Ordinary. Some of the courses are, I mean, you know, regular courses like English and Amharic. So those are okay. The English language course was taught by an Englishman, which was which was very good because uh, this was the first time we're having an English teacher who was a native speaker. Wow. Uh, when we were at, at, at the Free Maconian, our teachers were French Canadians who spoke <laughs> <laughs> very very broken English. Interesting. And this is a miracle that some of us. Some of the students spoke, in fact, better English than the teachers, but uh, that was then. <laughs> they find <laughs> the it in mind. Yeah. 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 And then we had French, uh, taught by uh, also by, by one of the French Canadians. Uh, we had political science. This is everybody, by the way. Okay, political okay. science uh, was taught by one of those uh, East Europeans that I mentioned the other day. This man, Shudroniski, is a, a Polish. Uh, professor, he was a professor in his own country, but uh -huh. when the, the country was invaded by the Russians after the Second World War, you know, he's among those who were what they call DP, displaced persons, yeah. who were given refugees in Ethiopia. He, he was already a professor in his country, so we were lucky to have him as our political science teacher. Um, we had uh, uh, what they called Survey of Africa. I still don't know what it is, but because yeah. the guy who taught us, uh, Professor um, Jessman, was uh, one of, he too was a, a Polish, but uh, was born and bred in England, but he still had a little, he wasn't born in, in but he was, he was a Polish ancestry, but yeah. in, 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 uh, in, in England. He taught uh, what he called Survey of Africa. It's kind of, the, the, the English version of Africa? 
Yeah, it was politics, anthropology, sociology, current affairs, everything together. Uh, he was a, a major in the British army that came with the British in Ethiopia, to Ethiopia at, at the end of the war. Wow. With, with Wingate himself? Yeah, yeah. he was Wingate. Yeah. And he stayed on, he stayed on and uh, became our uh, teacher of Serbia of Africa. Uh, we had geography taught by a man called Solo Duhin. He was a Hungarian guy, also one of the displaced persons when his country was uh, occupied. But they had a course called Jurisprudence, uh, taught also by a Polish guy, uh, Kroski, Mr. Kroski. Uh, economics uh, was taught by Mr. Grzeziewicz, uh, also a Polish guy. No, no, Grzeziewicz, I think, was a, a Czech. Uh -huh. A Czech. So we had Polish, Hungarians, uh, uh, Czechs, you know, uh, as, 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 as our teachers. Wow. The main subject, of course, was the center of everything. And this is what I wanted to highlight really mm -hmm. was his philosophy. Oh, wow. We had four years of very intensive philosophy, uh, classes in philosophy. Oh, my God. My, mind you, this was not a philosophy as we know it here. Uh, it's not a comparative philosophy. It wasn't philosophy that you just uh, pick and choose, you know, read Hegel today and Kant tomorrow. No. Mm. This was a complete set of the Aristotelian philosophy, philosophy of Thomas Aquinas, the center of the Catholic Church. I mean, the central tenets of the Catholic philosophy mm. by St. Aquinas and, and, uh, and, and Aristotle. So in the first year, we would have epistemology, what they call epistemology, a whole year. Oh second, year second year, we had logic for the whole year. Third year, we had metaphysics for the whole year. In the fourth year, they, they had what they called theodicy. And this theodicy is a very interesting uh, uh, subject uh, in, in the Aristotelian uh, uh, thought, uh, field of philosophy. It's trying to prove the existence of God or to explain the existence of God without what they call revealed knowledge, without religion, just ah. through, log through logic, you know, the uncaused cause, you know, everything has a cause. So at the end of the line, you get something that is called, that had no cause, you know, it was there, it was there. Yeah. So that uncaused cause is called God. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was, uh, wow. it was I'm a very elaborate uh, worldview of uh, Aristotelian. And we were not allowed to read any, anything else, really. I mean, there are cases, I remember of cases where um, when we saw books uh, by Kant or, or uh, Hegel in the library, it was locked. We were not allowed <laughs> to take it out. It was like worse than liquor. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was locked. And uh, in fact, uh, when you remember at one of our sessions I mentioned, I think last time or the one before, when the university college was trying to get uh, some kind of uh, affiliation with London University and a group of uh, assessors came from London University, one of their comments was uh, how that uh, the kind of philosophy we were taught was too exclusive. I mean, you know, just, yeah. just uh, there was no comparative studies. I mean, it just, you just take it or leave it. So at the end of those four years, I mean, you know, we were all uh, experts on Aristotelian philosophy, about syllogism, about axioms, oh about the God. principle of contradiction. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is a lost uh, art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the whole, uh, 
set of activities uh, uh, followed that. I mean, you know, the students outside, the, outside, the, you know, in their evenings or you know, in the, in the during dining room, they will continue to discuss things whether whether principle of contradiction applied to this oh or that. God, I can't <laughs> imagine. And your blue blazers. I mean, it's almost like yeah. you know the Harvard, uh, you know, the Harvard uh, eating club or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the group of. Uh, uh, students were very good in arguing. You could argue more, almost anything. Yeah. Uh, they were called the uh, sophists. You, you've heard of the sophists. Yeah. And, uh, they could argue any side. I mean, there were sophists among us there in those years. <laughs> uh, this this blends well with the Ethiopian uh, you know culture of continuous argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, um, in addition to, of course, the uh, academic studies, we had uh, uh, lots of um, extra, I mean, you know, uh, sports and other activities. I mean, the sports is very central to all uh, Jesuit education. So we had uh, a good soccer team, which actually played on the in the National League. Wow. They played the Air Force, they played the St. George, they played Telecom. All the major uh, teams in the country, the, the our team played. Hmm. Uh, usually they lost, but sometimes they win. <laughs> Uh, we had a fantastic basketball team, fantastic in the sense that they, I think they won cups uh, many times, uh, uh, you know, national cups. Really? Played, yeah. I never even knew that basketball was popular. Oh, very popular. There was, uh, um, I mean, next to the Greeks and the Armenians, ours was the, uh, you know, the most popular. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, the smaller game, the smaller uh, Games like ping pong, badminton. Um, I didn't play in, in any of these. Uh, my uh, the one the one I participated in was uh, was uh, in chase. Okay. <laughs> chase was, was that is that part of, is that part of the sports curriculum? I'm not sure. That might be uh, a no, philosophy curriculum. <laughs> <Excellent. laughs> um, we had uh, the theater and and and. Uh, Plays uh, the emperor would come and and uh, you know uh, officiate over some of the plays we uh, 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 acted Shakespeare Moliere Macbeth all kinds of um, you know classical uh, classical um, uh, plays they would uh, they would do a whole the whole Shakespeare like a whole Macbeth yes. Yes, it's oh amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, and this is on top of your curriculum. I mean, yes, this, yes, how yes. was this even done? I mean, who yes. found the time? Yes, they would do that, and uh, I remember one day, one of the uh, one of the in one of the Shakespeare plays. I think it was Macbeth. Yeah, it was Macbeth. Um, the we had invited the uh, British ambassador to Addis Ababa to Ethiopia. As the patron, we always invite someone as a patron. You know, he, he sits on a high turn. And at the end of the, uh, you know, and we were very proud, you know, to play uh, uh, Macbeth and so forth. Mm. He, he said he, the best he could say was, this was a good try. <laughs> we were very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That might be a good compliment from a Brit, too. You don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, by the way, all of these activities, the uh, all the sports activities and the uh, cultural activities. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the uh, other 
clubs that we had a debating club, mm. we had a very active debating club, you know, with all that logic <laughs> and epistemology. Yeah. It has to go somewhere. Yeah, it's got yeah. to. So we had a, a debating club. We had a, a, f- a, f- a photograph club, a photography club. I was a, I was a member there. Yeah. We, we could develop and print our own uh, pictures there. Um, we had an ethnological society, which was very, very good because uh, Koinaiski, whom you knew, whom you know, was yeah. the one who was our uh, all of these societies, all of these clubs. They were they had to have a, a professor or a teacher as uh, as the uh, how do you call it as a patron or yeah, as the, yeah yeah as an advisor. So for ethnological society, it was uh, Koinaiski, and Koinaiski, uh, you know, it was very. Uh, useful to him as well as to us. He would ask every one of us to write an essay on, uh, uh, for instance, on Ethiopian customs of marriage, or mm. Ethiopian customs of of, of funeral, uh, or some groups, you know, like among the Oromo, the Dorzi, or some some ethnic groups. And then he would, you know, he would get all those typed up and and and, and get it published. Wow. Uh, yeah, that started in 1952 uh, uh, or 53, and they celebrated their 50th anniversary not too long ago, you know, 2008. Wow. Yeah, and they had, uh, they put out two or three volumes of all of those essays together, had written also on something or other. I forget what Kifle wrote one, I remember, on uh, the uh, tradition of Masinko uh, players. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So those are the ethnological societies. Um, apart from that, uh, you know, we had other very interesting, uh, like uh, clubs like typing. That everybody had to learn how to type. Wow. That was a great skill. Uh, yeah. Something that I'm forever grateful to those Jesuits who, who had us learn typing. Yeah. yeah. So we all could type. Um, and another very interesting group was a, a, a kind of, a, I don't know what the English word for it is, collecting insects. Uh, entomology. Yeah, entomology. Yeah. Yeah. They would go out and then they would give us a little, uh, um, a little, uh, how do you call it? Uh, a little of, well, net. Net, exactly. Yeah. In net jars, yeah. Attached to a, a stick. And yeah. we would go out into the countryside and catch whatever insect we could uh, bring and put them all to, you know, collect them and bring them to the, the uh, college. And again, it was Onaski who started this. He would know which ones were special and which ones were just regular insects not worth preserving. And, mm. and, uh, uh, and he had a, quite a fantastic collection of uh, uh, Ethiopian insects from various parts of the country uh, through, that, uh, through this endeavor. It's oh, amazing. I mean, this this whole thing. I mean, this is within. I mean, you were there for you were there five years. So, but still, I mean, all these things you know evolve over decades in most places. I mean, how did they? Where did this ambition come from? You know, to be so broad at every level. No, I was not there five years. Phil. I was there uh, one year. Yeah. Uh, and then I left. So I came back. Uh, when I came back, uh, I went to the next grid. No, I'm just saying the yeah. depth and breadth of the activities and the, and the curriculum is yeah. amazing. I mean, it's a, I'm just saying they they this is a very ambitious undertaking to do all these things 
yeah. starting from scratch. Yeah. Well, of course, one important uh, tenet of Jesuit education is don't leave these young adults free time. You know, they will, <laughs> they will stay, steer away from the, from good conduct. You know, they, 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 yeah, they were kept very, very busy. Yeah. Um, these clubs and the sports that I mentioned, you know, the soccer, the basketball, the ping pong, and the debating society and the technological—all of those things uh, were got, were uh, under the students' council. Okay. We had a students' council, and for each of these activities, they had a, a president and a secretary and maybe another officer. So there was a, a president of basketball or no chairman, I think, or whatever the name is. You know, head of basketball and then and then a secretary. Um, I should mention here. Uh, that uh, during the second year in, uh, I was there in 1953, uh, I served as the secretary general of the Students' Council. I was elected. Uh, the president was someone, you might not remember, but Tashoma, not Tashoma, the one here, but in, he's in Ethiopia, he's a lawyer. Mm. And the following year, in, mm. when I was uh, in my junior year in 1953-54, um, uh, yeah, uh, I was uh, I became president. Wow, and okay. The, the calling was my secretary at the time. <laughs> uh, and and this is a very prestigious job. You know, it was free election. I mean, we would go and uh, run campaign. You you tell them to you promise them you'll do this that and the other and uh, and there might have been group uh, votes like those who came from the TMS would vote for you if you are from yeah. TMS. There may be some of that, but, uh, uh, but generally, you know, uh, it was considered a great uh, a privilege to be considered uh, uh, worthy of being a secretary or uh, because you're, you're invited to even, uh, very high uh, functions in the government, you know, if you're president wow. of the Students' Council. <laughs> and I, we, I had a, a special visiting card uh, with my name and the president of the Students' Council and and that was uh, gave me an uh, admission to anywhere I wanted, just about. Yeah, no, I mean it's the ultimate networking. If, I mean, besides, I mean, you guys were already special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I what did also, how, yeah. how did you run your campaign? Did you have a campaign officer, or did you have a campaign yes, office? Yes, I, I had a campaign officer. Uh-huh. He's now he's now in California. <laughs> I still remember. <laughs> okay. And. Uh, uh, I, I promised a lot of things I can't remember now, but uh, <laughs> of course, one, luckily, yeah. one major promise was that I would uh, organize what was called a college day, uh, where okay. uh, uh, all these activities would be uh, uh, enacted, you know, uh, in front of the emperor, and oh, okay. there would be no class that day, of course, and it was kind of the uh, uh, zenith of the uh, uh, sports activities of, of for the college for that particular oh, year. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or so, like, yeah. like Parents' Day or yeah, Homecoming yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 I introduced that uh, around '54, yeah. I think, and later on, uh, they they continued with it well, well into the. Uh, 60s, perhaps even in the 70s. Wow. Uh, later on, its uh, focus was, I mean, I was no longer a student, of course, I was probably in America. Yeah, I was in America by the time. The, uh, the ensuing years, hmm. the uh, Students' Council broadened the scope of the college day to include 
poetry competition. Oh my gosh, okay. And some of the poems read were very anti-government. Oh. Some of them even insulting, almost insulting, but at least depreciating the emperor's work. And, uh, and, and he was there because, you know, he had made it a tradition to attend yeah. the college days. So, um, you know, it, it, was a, it was a tradition to have some misgivings about starting it, uh, but it was okay. Well, it's going to get out one way or another, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I should mention just on Passa that uh, something I missed uh, to say when I, about the TMS. When I, I was in my last year, uh, senior year at TMS, uh, I was also uh, elected as the editor of the school paper. Hmm. It was called the uh, Tafarimokon Nensain. Um, so I had an active uh, um, life as an administrator or organizer or a student leader kind of things, but in a, uh, a positive way, not uh, a political way. I mean, later on, the student leaders were all political uh, animals. I mean, you know, they, 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 they were either Marxist or some, some groups, but in those days, there was no such thing. You, you just stuck to uh, our academic life and, uh, and sport life, yeah. Were the, I mean, later on when things got ideological, were were they the same? Were the leaders also the student council leaders or was it different people? Uh, student council leaders, uh, maybe also they would take in some from the outside, but basically it was the uh, student council leaders. Really, that, that led the, the sort of the, yeah. the, the biggest, uh, I guess, protest. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. must have been very yeah. upsetting for the college. I mean, that's their sort of pride in, uh, and now they're turning against their own uh, sort of mentors. Yeah, by then UC, UCAA had phased out and Heidelberg University had come into the into the picture. So the judges were not there anymore. I mean, it was a different uh, creature. I mean, the institution had changed completely different. I mean, it was a completely different institution, but mm. we'll get to that uh, maybe next week or the week after when I, I talk about- uh, Come back, yeah. Yeah, when, yeah. Uh, as a teacher there, as a, yeah. and, and as a dean, yeah. yeah. So for now, it's still fairly innocent, I would say. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely yeah. innocent. Yeah. Uh, uh, as an example, the uh, cover page of the Tafari Mukorun School in the school newspaper that uh, I was editor of, this was in 1951, my last year in uh, TMS. Yeah. Uh, the cover page was a drawing of Ethiopian soldiers, or, or an Ethiopian soldier um, going to Korea. Uh, Korean yeah. War. yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, big deal. So uh, a friend of mine was also my classmate, Asafa. I remember him. He was mm-hmm. ambassador to Ghana later on. Um, he was the one who he was a good, uh, you know, was very good in drawing and painting and so forth. He, was, he had a knack for it. I don't know mm-hmm. if he had any training, and, and that was the cover page. So it, that was the kind of activities uh, we had. I mean, you know, non-political. I mean. Uh, non-political in the sense that it yeah. didn't, uh, it was not against the government. I yeah, mean. it wasn't ideological, but still, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, most, you know, that's a high school, right? I mean, the high school papers is mostly, you know, cafeteria stories. I mean, just not, just not <laughs> national stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys are different. Okay, the, so I mentioned the college that I introduced as one of the uh, events, major events. Uh, yeah. of the college. Uh, and the other one is <coughs> the graduation party. Uh, can you Where, stop from, it? From, say what? Can you, can you stop it for just one moment? 
Sure. I want to clear my throat. <laughs> okay. At the end of the year for the graduation, we had a graduation part party. But the funny thing about it is, uh, you know, this, this wouldn't have been a big thing anywhere else, except that because the school was run by the Jesuits, we were not allowed dancing on, on the college campus. Okay. <laughs> so the few uh, so-called liberated girls who could uh, get together, you know, okay. um, you know they were not allowed to come to the campus for uh, for a dance, <laughs> so we had to we had to rent places outside the college. And then the reason the college the the the, the, the Jesuits gave for this was that it would be the church would be against dancing of boys and girls together. You know, <laughs> um, so they said so the our student our uh, dean of students, Mr. Belan, said uh, if you can get. Uh, the permission of the church, uh, mm. you will have no objection to give us the dining room. We had a beautiful dining room by then. Um, you remember I mentioned it with a 450 student uh, capacity. Wow. Um, that he would have lost. Uh, so we tried to get the church's permission. And uh, at that time, I was uh, president of the Students' Council. Was, uh, yeah, I was president of the Students' Council. And the Colin was my secretary. The two of us plus one or two others, we went to the um, archbishop <laughs> of the church, <laughs> whom I knew very well because of, he was also my uh, head, head of head. I mean, there was a director, but he was above the director when I was teaching at the theology. Oh, I see, okay. So, so I used my connection and we went to his place in the evening, which is unusual because you know they don't allow, those uh, bishops don't allow people uh, into their homes. But he, because he knew me and, and we were university students with our uniforms, everything, we were allowed to go in. And so he listened to us very carefully and he said, "What, uh, what is this dancing thing?" Entail. So I explained to him it was just, uh, you know, it was nothing really anti-religion or anti-tradition or anti-Ethiopian culture. It's just like almost like uh, Ethiopian skista, you know. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. So he said, "Well, if that is it, as long as uh, if you don't hold each other, if the girls and the boys don't hold each other." <laughs> So he wrote an, uh, an official letter saying that uh, if they are going to have girls, it's okay as long as they don't hold. <laughs> there was such a letter written, but this was not accepted by the Jesuits, so we didn't. We were not allowed to hold uh, uh, dancing uh, uh, graduation parties uh, in in the college. Wow. <laughs> so why did they send you there then? It was just that they just they wanted them to say no. Well, uh, they, they were using that as a pretext. Plus, yeah. the archbishop himself didn't really approve of dancing as such because he said, don't hold each other. I mean, that's not, you can't dance without holding each other in European dances, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't uh, forthright in saying, saying that, okay, go ahead and, and allow them. He wasn't saying that. He didn't say, he wasn't telling them to allow them, but he wasn't, yeah. he was, he was, Giving comments whether or not this was consistent with the teachings of our church. Oh, I see. Okay, so they co they collaborated in this case. Yeah. Um, so. So you had the graduation outside in the end. Then you had you went to a hotel and they had a big party. Yeah, we had a big party, and not only for us, but the one before, you know, the nineteen. 
this was in 1955 for that group as well as the one for 1956. Uh, we had, uh, I mean, for virtually all of the parties that I attended since three or four of them were all held outside the Ras Hotel or uh, some smaller hotels that I don't think exist anymore. Ras Hotel still exists, but you know, we hold it there, yeah. Was it, a, was it a big, I mean, like, graduation here is a big deal. It's almost like a wedding. I mean, all the parents and relatives come. It was, it was no, 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 uh, no. Uh, this was strictly uh, graduation students, graduate students. We invited out professors. A uh, good many of them showed up, except the Jesuits didn't show up. Yeah. And, uh, and um, the uh, girls who came, we had to write special letter to the school uh, headmistresses, you know, <laughs> to allow them to come. <laughs> oh, my God. And that, and that was signed by the president of the council on behalf of the... Uh, you? <laughs> yeah, I had to uh, sign these letters to the impressmen okay. in school, to princesses at Network School and a few others like that. Um, but in addition to these groups that came from the schools, uh, there were some that came on their own uh, through their uh, relatives or cousins and, you know, nephews and so forth and so on, through, through social networks of, of one kind or another. So, uh, what did you say in the letters or what did you have to promise? Uh, no, that will bring, will send a car to bring them. Uh -huh. And would uh, uh, bring them back at, uh, at, 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 at 12 o'clock midnight or one, whatever the time was, uh, right? uh -huh. that they would be safe and there is no danger of anything else. Uh -huh. so, <laughs> they were mostly uh, concerned about the uh, not staying out too late yeah. and that they would have transport. Uh, in those years, I mean, uh, there was curfew after midnight. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Why? Political curve? I mean, like what? Just yeah, to... yeah. You know, people are not allowed to move around in the country. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was only later that it was uh, cancelled. So, but the ones going to our party were allowed until I think one or two o'clock, whatever the time was. So naturally, the headmistresses of these girls' schools would be worried. You know, if they're Students stayed uh, beyond the curfew hours. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah so, be, I mean, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be worse than a scandal. It'd, be, it'd actually be a, a problem. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so, so you were student council president for more than one year? Or that no, was one, the one? No, the, the first year, I was, when I was a second year student, I was a secretary. Yeah. And the president was somebody else. But during my sophomore, uh, third junior. year, junior yeah. year, yeah. I was president and the calling was my secretary. During the fourth year, I was uh, invited. In fact, there was a movement to get me back into as, as president, but I made a big speech saying that I've, uh, I'm, re I'm retiring or something like that. Your George Washington speech, you said you set a precedent not to keep repeating. President, but I could, yeah, I think I could easily have won the election the second year because uh, uh, they were quite satisfied with the uh, work I did as president the previous year. Yeah. Interesting. So, so you were actually, so you were organizing the party for the people ahead of you, and then, and then your own party was the next year. Exactly. So exactly. So by the time, so you came in as a class of 100, right? When you entered, the school was 100 people. Yeah, yeah. Did it, did it increase much by the time you finished? Uh, I think so. Not all that much, but uh, it must have doubled by then. I, I, I will have to look into my 
you know, I have some uh, statistics on University College. Uh, I, I don't recall, but I wouldn't be surprised if the classes that the two other classes that followed me uh, were bigger. Yeah, yeah bigger and, and so between them, cause there, there would be a full, you know, first class, first year, second year, third year, fourth year, you know, by. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, a cafeteria of 400 people would be just enough for four 100 person classes. Yeah. So, so yeah, but they had two seatings, though. I mean, they could come back again and. Yeah, yeah. they could split it into two. Yeah. Yeah. So were there graduates, so when everybody graduated, there was already graduate degree, I mean, their degrees were in different departments? Uh, yes, arts and science. Uh-huh. And science, once in the first uh, two or three graduates did not get a, a degree, they got a diploma or certificate, and they were immediately whisked into, over to graduates uh, to, to finish their degrees in, in, in the United States. I mean, people like Yayu, who they had two years of engineering studies in Ethiopia, and mm. he finished his degree here. In, uh, I think it was in Indiana or somewhere. And, and but they went to good schools here, you know, for their third and fourth years and got their degrees, um, engineering and uh, uh, agriculture. Uh, well, biology, really. Yeah. For bachelor or uh, yeah. master's. Bachelor. Okay. Some some would continue on for their masters, but the first two or three uh, graduates are easily, uh, they they went out with a with a diploma or or a, or a certificate. Later on, the, the university college did or did grant degrees both in science and arts. But I'm talking about the first uh, two or three years of uh, intake. But wasn't that you though? I mean, you were the second year of intake, right? Yeah. No, but so, no, that's for the science I'm talking. Oh, for, okay, for the sciences, okay. Yeah, yeah. for the arts we had, uh, we, you know, the game degrees from the very, uh, the, 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 since 1954. That was our... So did you, so what were the degrees then? I mean, so you either graduated with a, a bachelor's <laughs> in the arts and a bachelor, and then whatever, certificate in sciences, or it was bachelor's of arts or bachelor of English or bachelor of whatever. I mean, were there different... No, subs- BA. Sub- BA. And mm-hmm. in, the, in the case of education, they would put education in parentheses. Mm-hmm. In, in my case, in, I, that didn't begin until uh, a year or two later. But uh, it was just Bachelor of Arts or Bachelor of Science. And then, and then everybody who did graduate work went abroad, right? I mean, at least in your year, I mean, there was no graduate studies available, no. right? Yeah. Everybody went abroad except one my, from my class. Really? Uh, yeah, or every one of us went. Then that one uh, guy who didn't go, he chose to work a year and was immediately uh, employed by the Ministry of I forget, Education, I think, um, hoping that he would go the next year, but uh, he, stayed, he didn't go. Hmm. But, uh, we were all offered government scholarships as soon as we finished. And, mind, and, yeah. Yeah. No, mind you, those who finished high school before us they didn't you know they, they, they went directly to to overseas to get their college so so this was not surprising in other words you know we stayed on for our college degrees but after we got our college degree we were all sent abroad yeah and how did you did they help you with the college selection i mean how would you know where to apply i mean you don't know that much about no, the united states and things no. I mean, right no they just selected i didn't uh, have much input in terms of the college I went to. I don't think anybody did. Uh, those who went to law, uh, who wanted to study law after their BA, 
like mm. I from here, uh, they had to choose uh, a college that had uh, uh, not the American kind of law, case law, but mm. uh, so this but continental law kind of thing, mm. and they were sent to Canada, to McGill. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it was a choice between McGill and Edinburgh, but the guys in Edinburgh, the university authorities in Edinburgh, required Latin. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> not not just philosophy. You had to go to Latin. <laughs> so we, they, didn't, they didn't offer Latin, so that was out. In any event, uh, it was just as well they said later on. So they went to McGill. Um, so there they had, uh, you know, a kind of some uh, constraints because uh, they wanted to have that kind of law legal education yeah. but uh, the other one of us uh, uh, you know, the, the, our teachers uh, selected the schools for us the first batch of education uh, you know, uh, went to harvard as did uh, my group to harvard hmm. um, and but they went all over um, uh, Ohio, Akilu went to Ohio, Takalin went to the University of Illinois, mm. uh, the, California, UCLA was a very popular uh, choice. Mm. Um, some went also to, um, to the South, but not too many. Mm. Midwest was the main one. So you never saw an application? You know, I mean, like they did everything? No. I mean, you just like one day you were told uh, this is where you're going. Exactly. My gosh. I did not write any application. I did not sit for any college entrance examination uh, the way they do now. No. I was, uh, uh, I was admitted just like that. Uh, and, and, but nobody, I mean, I, even in 1954, though, the, everybody else sat for exam. I mean, like the rest of your incoming classes at Harvard was different, or I mean, had. It was a graduate school, mind you. No, we went to yeah. graduate school, yeah. Yeah, I know, but I mean, but weren't there admitting exams then, or no? I mean, how 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 were they working then? No, we just mixed with the incoming graduate uh, students. Uh, I don't know. We didn't have any. We were not in any way uh, differentiated from the rest of the student body there. Um, maybe there was some kind of an implicit. Uh, condition that uh, they, were, they were going to accept us on a condition basis depending on how well we did yeah. uh, but uh, i think the first uh, group that went uh, to you know, the ones before us uh, did so well in their you know wherever they went yeah. uh, it, 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 it didn't bring up any any problem the next time wow uh, that's amazing mm. so that was, was that your first time i guess we'll get to this next week but this was this is your first time leaving the country that's right. Huh. Yes, this was my first time being in the country, and I will uh, say some of the things that uh, surprised me on my way to America uh, in 1956. Yeah, uh, in the next session, but uh, yeah, this was my first time out of uh, uh, Ethiopia. But um, some, something this reminds me of the uh, one point I should have made earlier on about uh, these uh, various clubs that I mentioned. Yeah. Remember, I mentioned the ethnological club, yeah. uh, where we had to. Write, one of the things we did was to write uh, about Ethiopian customs of uh, uh, burial or or, uh, or or baptism or whatever. Yeah. Now, in, in addition to that, uh, 
the, 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 there were field trips to various historical sites. Uh. And that was one of the few, you know, the first times we, I left Addis Ababa. Because when you said, was this the first time you left Ethiopia? That reminded me, when was it uh, I left even Addis Ababa? And I think the first time I left Addis Ababa was as part of the uh, Ethnological Society out uh, um, field, field, uh, field work in, uh, uh, field visit to uh, Aksum. Wow. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing if you think. I mean, I mean, you're now in your, I mean, you, you know, you entered the college, what, you're 18, right? I mean, you never left 17. Addis Ababa. Yeah, you never left Addis Ababa. I mean, you barely, you never left the campus of Tafari school for that matter. I mean, oh, that's right. <clears throat> and then, and then straight through college, I mean, they put you, you know, through 24-hour activities. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what, uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a combination of being exposed to a whole lot of things, but n nothing outside the bubble. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, a wholesale change. But uh, we didn't know anywhere. I mean, there was no option. There was, I mean, we didn't complain because that we just took it, uh, you know, that was the way things are. <laughs> kind yeah. Of way. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, at the same time, you could look around you and see nobody else had anything. Yeah, exactly. So it was selective. And when we went to Aksum, for instance, there were yeah. about 20 of us, I think, 20 something of us, members of the Ethnological Club. Uh, people you know, like Akilidu and so forth, you, you, you remember Getacho, yeah. the late Getacho Kibra. We were taken to uh, Aksum on a, on, a, on a lorry, on a truck. A flat wow. track. No? We were, there was no school bus, no? so we just sat on uh, there and uh, from Addis days. from Addis Ababa to Aksum. Three days, yeah. It first, oh my God! First, first night in Dasye, second night in Makale, third night uh, Aksum, and, and of course there were no hotels. And in any event, I don't think they would have put us in, in a hotel. So we had uh, to carry a, a tent for wow. us <laughs> to pitch in Aksum. Uh, that, yeah. That's that's real ethnography. Not, not, none of this comfortable <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and you we know. watched the French excavation uh, team that up uh, at that time they were they were working in uh, in Aksum. Uh, they published a lot of works since then. Um, you know, so it was a uh, uh, you know, hands-on experience. Really, we just saw them and digging them and so forth, and uh, it was very interesting. And you know, it was a, a big deal for the French. Uh, Archaeologists who are there to meet, to find uh, college students who are interested in their work because nobody else was watching them. <laughs> nobody knew what they were doing. They were yeah. just digging and digging. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so well, I mean, and, and, yeah, we also went to Zuquala and we went to Zuquala is where there is another. Um, uh, do you know Zuquala, the mountain Zuquala? Mm, no, no, never, from, uh, never even heard of it. No, Zuquala is. Uh, it's, it's, about, it's not far from Bishoftu, mm. from the Razaid, um, but it's a volcanic mountain. You know, the top is a, is a, you have a lake there, uh, some Which is like the same as Bishoftu, isn't it? That's also a volcanic lake, isn't it? Or no? Yeah, that one is even bigger mm. and because you have, you have to climb a big mountain uh, about, uh, I don't know, about maybe... It's, uh, well, Addis Ababa is about 8,000 feet, so it was more than 8,000 feet, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I mean, I could mention some uh, 
funny thing that happens there, you know, in, the, in that, uh, in Zukwana, it's in addition to being uh, a big church and uh, it was, it's also a monastery. Mm. So monks and lived there. And of course, Muslims were not allowed into that place. And, and yet with us in the ethnological society, we had uh, Muslims with us. <laughs> okay. So we had to give them Christian names to go. <laughs> and uh, so one of the guys, Abdullah, Abdullah, I remember him very clearly, um, you know, he, he was going to do something that shouldn't be done, in, 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 you know, something out of the ordinary. So we were trying to warn him and he said, uh, we asked him, Getacho, Getacho, and he didn't recognize his name. <laughs> Not given him the name of Getacho, but you know, he, he never, he didn't answer to that name, you know what I mean? So there were these kinds of uh, small episodes that happened to us. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. No, I mean, they took you guys uh, everywhere. I mean, it's like the, it's like the, the most doting parents you could imagine, except that they had a hundred kids, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's just let me just say what uh, uh, I learned, or what uh, was its in, impact on me yeah? mm. um, at UCAA. Kind mm. of uh, sort of summing up, so we can mm. come back to the travels abroad and service later on. Um, I think the one of the most significant thing I learned at UCAA, as well as at TMS, were gained from the Jesuits, this uh, self-discipline mm. uh, and, and, and good study habits and planning and uh, love for public service mm. and, uh, uh, and dedication to public service. Mm. Uh, and, and I might add also self-confidence. In fact, too much self-confidence because uh, we were a pampered group. You know, we had everything. We had a special, as I said earlier on, we, you, you could be spotted from a long distance if you're a university yeah. student. Yeah. So that just put something in our brains that were special. Special. There was nothing that could stop us or nothing that we, couldn't, that we were, not, were not able to achieve. So when we came to America, we felt like we knew everything, you know. Yeah. And, and that sometimes brought us in, into difficulties in, in philosophy, for instance, because we had been given that one system of philosophy, the Aristotelian yeah. school, uh, the Jesuit philosophy. And then we entered into a, a philosophy class in, at, at Harvard, I remember, which was very, very different from the kind of philosophy we had back home. So you know, we had to relearn some of the, these things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but at least it opened our eyes. It, it gave us the, um, it, you know, it, it made us aware that there is a thing as political science, there is a thing as a jurisprudence, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and then some of the concepts we learned there, like when, for instance, I remember Professor Shudroniski trying to explain um, that, that uh, the individual came before the group, before the nation. Yeah. You know? individual rights and group rights and, and national rights, you know, that was something that we couldn't accept. You know, we, we, we had grown up after the war saying that Ethiopia comes first, that we're all subservient to Ethiopia's wishes, and that all our interest and our uh, motivation was to serve Ethiopia. Now, when in, in a sociology class or a, or a political science crap, uh, class, we were being told that individual rights uh, is, 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 is intrinsic, is basic. 
and even Trump's um, collective right, you know, uh, or, uh, or, 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 or the government's. You know, the government cannot infringe on individual rights that the emperor cannot advise, cannot tell a judge to uh, deliver a sentence one way or the other, that the emperor cannot order the minister of education to do this, that, or the other. That was something that was very, very hard for us to to absorb. You see that, what I mean? Yeah, those were, these are the, uh, the, this was in UCA or when he left the country? I mean, when they were teaching about individual no, rights. No, no, when he was teaching us, you know, I mean, when uh, this uh, Czech professor, Professor yeah. Shudranitsky was teaching us that, uh, uh, you know, the individual rights is, is basic to any society. He was not a Jesuit, he was a Catholic. Yeah. He was, a, as I said, he was a, one of the Polish displaced persons. And one of the classes, uh, one of the themes that he was developing was about individual rights. Uh. That, uh, that, is, that should be more, that the state cannot inter, should not, uh, Trump should not uh, um, violate individual rights, uh, which we, now we take for granted that. Um, uh, that that was uh, foreign to our uh, upbringing and, and, and the kind of propaganda we went through or the kind of exposure we had when we were in uh, in high schools and, and before, you know, all the radio yeah. talks yeah, that the country comes first, that uh, the emperor is supreme, you know. So uh, UCA was uh, an eye-opener in that sense, that it opened our eyes, even if we didn't get uh, enough there and we had to go overseas to complete it, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was an eye-opener. And... Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and then what happened, though? I mean, so you know that you know first time that you heard that somebody could challenge the emperor. Yeah. Um. I mean, that did it make you wonder? I mean, or, or is it something that you heard and said, "This man is crazy," but you know, we'll just kind of listen along and not to insult him. A bit of both. Hmm. A bit of both, but uh, mostly uh, we. Took it with a bit of uh, with a grain of salt, and, and we just let it go at that. We did not rebel. We did not argue. Some some did. We did. Uh, we did have uh, heated arguments in the class, but he would insist, and he, and he would quote some uh, philosophers or some or there was some constitutions and so forth and so on. We would listen uh, and argue back, but uh, uh, we I mean, we didn't rebel. I mean, you know? right. Yeah. But so this guy, this guy, obviously, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's still the emperor's school. I mean, nobody said anything to him. I mean, he, or he wasn't putting it in a political context. I mean, this is this is the beginning, in a sense, right? I mean, exactly. it's just an eye opener. I mean, it was just yeah, yeah. It, it, for him, it's a simple subject. It's just one topic among many in yeah. in, in the textbook, in the political yeah. science or, or sociology, whichever one he was teaching. Uh, he would say it, but he wouldn't dwell with it and make a, yeah. a fun of the emperor or, or thrash the Ethiopian way of doing things. Yeah. He would just say that and, and let it go. That. You, really you, he was, uh, as I said, he was already a professor in his own country, yeah. a very polished gentleman, and we became lifelong friends after I came back to the university and uh, was a dean and later vice president. He was still teaching there. And he was he would come home to Gulale and and have been you know he's, so 
but he was the professor par excellence kind of thing, very gentle, but uh, he knew what he was saying. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, this goes back to, I mean, the emperor, when he brought the Jesuits to, you know, for TMS and later the university or the college, I mean, this is exactly, you know, what he should be afraid of, but he knew that, right? I mean, you know, that, yes. that was his point. I mean, you know, how are we going to advance unless we bring outside ideas in? But exactly. you know, there was originally going to challenge, yes. you know, our, our ideas and maybe himself, you know? Yes. I mean, there are stories, uh, there were stories already even then uh, <clears throat> going around in the country and in this area that uh, one person in particular, one of the Rases, Ras Kasa, mm. uh, who, was, who was also related to the emperor, uh, had uh, advised the emperor not to open the college, that uh, opening the college was <laughs> the beginning of the end for the emperor and for the empire. Yeah. And sure enough, that, that's exactly what happened later on. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, he knew that. He knew that, yeah. And it's also in that in that book you gave us. I mean, you know, these things were not hidden from him. And... Uh, you know, he he navigated him. I mean, you know, maybe he could have navigated him differently in the last 10 years, you know, to have a different outcome. Or maybe not a different outcome, but at least a, a, a better transition. But it was inevitable. I mean, it was a, yeah. well, he, was, he was quite aware. I mean, I could go on and on and explain how he, not only was he aware about it, but he had actually said it in so many words. Hmm. When, like, when the Derg came yeah. and... Uh, uh, and people were demonstrating in the streets. Uh, some of the my friends who were much closer to the emperor than I was, because I was at the university, I was not uh, that close to the emperor. So, but some others who were very close to the emperor had conversations uh, that they cite, where they said, "Now our uh, job or, or our contribution is bearing fruit." You know, mm. when when he saw uh, demonstrations and so forth, you know, he knew he was, was coming, and he, in, in, to some extent, he even felt uh, jubilant about it that he was accomplishing what he, he started out with. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, but no, he was well aware of that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that, uh, this might be a good place to stop. Kind of a, uh, kind of a little little one, foreshadow. You know, one 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 last thing I might mention here is, uh, um, I mean, you know, I mentioned how the my own, what I, I myself acquired, or what was it? What was the impact of UCA on me as an individual? Yeah. But in terms of its contribution to the country, I mean, mm. that's 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 evident, isn't it? I mean, virtually all the <clears throat> technocrats, I mean, people uh, uh, in the uh, technical fields, engin engineers, or even in professional fields, mm. uh, were graduates of the university college. You know who. Uh, so, in, in a matter of less than 20, about 20 years, between 1950 and 1970, UCA graduates uh, uh, who were later sent and, 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 and gained advanced degrees uh, uh, were heads of all the technical agencies, such as the telecommunication, ah. the highway authority, Ethiopian Airlines, the electric power, uh, what was the name? Ethiopia, Ethiopia, Ethiopian Light and Power Authority, Elpa. Yeah. I mentioned the highway already. And even the university itself was headed by a graduate of University College, Jack Lido. Mm, yeah. Lido became the president of the university in 1969. Mm. Uh, and even the line ministries 
uh, at the sub-cabinet level, uh, they were graduates of the university college. I mean, people uh, like the uh, assistant minister or the deputy minister of uh, education or agriculture or health or justice were all university college graduates. My friends, our friends, you know, our classmates. Wow. Uh, the judge of the Supreme Court was actually was, was a university college graduate, like the Shoma, yeah. of the High Court, Gash Balacho, Balacho. And so, I mean, his contribution to the country is, is so manifest, so clear that uh, I don't have to dwell much about it uh, on it. Um, but one nagging question is, you know, mm. uh, uh, how come with all these graduates uh, was the, didn't bring about political change in the country? They were simply ad- absorbed and they were co-opted into the existing bureaucracy. And they were, there was no meaningful uh, pressure groups on all that stood for change and and then to challenge the status quo, and this is the big question that uh, we'll have to deal with in in in, in uh, subsequent uh, uh, sessions. Uh, I would say I would say I mean I mean I think it's it's a it's a good rhetorical question, but the answer is is everything yeah. you just told me. I mean, yeah. you know, you you guys were the the cream of the cream. I yeah. mean, right? I mean. And without you, there would be no modern Ethiopia, you know. So, you know, you can't you can't simultaneously build it and break it down. But yeah, uh, that's yeah. true. But also, I mean, there was I think that was having no political power. I mean, there, there were a lot of dissatisfied people. I mean, not everybody stayed on uh, becoming a pampered guy. I mean, you know, some of yeah. them had they were very dissatisfied and had uh, uh, quite disgruntled views, uh, frustrated views about what's going on. But yeah. there was no platform for them to exchange views. There was no political party. There was no organized opposition. No uh, newspapers to, you know. So there yeah. was no forum. But uh, yeah. this is this is this is this is kind of a self-serving answer because why the next question will be why didn't they create one? You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but in one form or another, they became. I mean, you know, the universities and the and and and. And, and and some of these teachers became, I mean, these graduates became teachers at the university, and yeah. they might have helped ignite the rebellion that uh, followed in 1974. Yeah. Um, um, but also, earlier on, I don't know if you remember, if you've heard of it, but you must have, you might have read it, there was a, a coup attempt to overthrow the emperor in 1960. You yeah. Know that? yeah. Yeah. Um, the university college students at the time, in 1960, I was already in, in this country, I had just finished my oral studies, um, came out marching in favor of the, the coup. Really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They were, <laughs> Akhil was one of the deans at the time. Akhil had, had already returned, Akhil Rahapti had. And uh, one of the first things the emperor did when he came back uh, triumphantly after the coup failed was to call in some of the teachers. There were only three or four Ethiopians at the college in, the, in those days to say, you know, did the university students, really, college, university college students really uh, supported the coup or were they forced? And the, of course, the answer was to say that they were forced. They were forced by the army officers that you either uh, come and support us, uh, or you know, uh, your life is on on the line. So that kind of, um, yeah. The the, the the students came out, not professors. 
There were only three or four Ethiopians at the time, as I said. I don't think there were all that many. No, but they, yeah, but what you said, some of them marched in favor of the of the coup plotters. But students or teachers? The students. Okay. Yeah. But there were also some civilians who were graduates of the university college who had come back from studies abroad, who had great sympathies with the revolt. And they were, they were later on... Uh, marked, you know, uh, then they, they didn't jail them, but uh, uh, they were compromised. I mean, some of our, uh, so the, uh, all this shows that there was, yeah, uh, you know, some uh, disgruntled, some you know, frustration, uh, pressure to change, but not organized enough to challenge the authority. Yeah, I mean, there was barely any, you know. Um, educated elite to start with i mean you know it's exactly. you know exactly. there, aren't, there aren't enough people to pick off that's right amazing amazing okay great. Yeah. okay so Fantastic. we'll stop here yeah we'll stop here i think this will end the my uh, years of education long education uca yeah preschool and the fari mokonan and uca yeah. and next week we can start uh, uh, on my graduate studies uh, i don't think that should take more than uh, uh, one session at most okay we'll see okay okay, okay. all right well i'm all gonna right. stop